right, friends, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. It is Location Weekly. It's episode number 563, and we are recording on April the 5th. How are you doing, Abriana? What's new? I'm doing good, you know, gearing up for uh, spring break next week with uh, my kids. So taking a road trip. So that should be fun. Um, you know, just all the preparation that goes into it is always a lot, but looking forward to that and some warmer weather. And um, yeah, I'm doing good. How, I mean, how are you doing? Like we were talking about baseball season starting soon. That's that's exciting. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess uh, opening weekend coming up here at the end of the end of this week. So I'm looking forward to that. And the Blue Jays, uh, my Blue Jays are back at home in Toronto and get to start and play a full season in their own stadium. So that's new because we didn't have that last year. Um, so yeah, with full capacity too. So it's completely sold out. Um, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, and, and spring's definitely here. I think uh, our next, I don't know, two weeks of weather forecast, it's relatively warm, a lot of rain, which is normal for this time of year. Um, but uh, yeah, it's getting warmer. It's getting spring-like. Flowers are popping up, so it's good. Yes, lots of, uh, lots to look forward to. I'm ready for the warmth, for sure. Yeah. All right, well, we've got four stories as usual uh, to walk you through today, and I'll let Abriana start us off. Yes, we do. So let's start off with a um, auto story. Volvo is partnering up with Starbucks, and they are going to be installing their electric vehicle charging stations um, at Starbucks stores. So this is a pilot that they're testing out. They're going to install up to 60 different charge points. Um, they're DC fast chargers. Um, at around 15 Starbucks stores between Denver and Seattle. Um, and then they're going to monitor the stations, and, you know, potentially determine if they're going to expand this program. But the plan's calling for a charging location every 100 miles. Um, you know, and they're going to start doing this installation this summer, completed by year's end. I think this is great for a lot of different reasons. One, I mean, we're seeing more and more electric vehicles and there just needs to be more charging stations. And it typically needs to be somewhere that you're okay um, hanging out for a little bit. Um, and what better place than a Starbucks or a coffee shop? So I like this story a lot also because I think it's driving business um, to Starbucks, obviously. So I think it's a good, good partnership for them. And the other part is like, you know, I'm curious, are these charging stations only for Volvos or will they work for other electric vehicles? Um, the story did not specify in those details, so I'll have to kind of dig into that a little bit more. But, you know, I think from Volvo's perspective, it's great because they are showing that they're putting skin in the game as well and like making sure that there are these charging stations, um, you know, throughout this area and this driving path. So I think that's really interesting um, and I think there should be more of this. I think this is a great opportunity for any brand really to kind of sponsor these charging stations and put them in locations where people enjoy spending time. You know, you think of like resorts or parks or anywhere that people might want to stop and have that, um, you know, the ability to do that, I think is a, is a great opportunity. So, um, yeah, I think this makes a lot of sense. We're, you know, we're seeing more and more of this continue to expand with more, uh, I would say like green initiatives. So, um, you know, that debate can be for another time, but 
Yeah. What do you think? I love it. I, I think it's a great uh, partnership. I think, as you said, it, it's it's a great way to, you know, sort of from a Starbucks point of view to drive, you know, traffic, potentially new traffic uh, to some of these locations along these routes. Um, I think from a Volvo point of view, it's, it's really smart as well. Um, they've recently announced uh, a, an all-electric model in their lineup called the C40 Recharge. Um, and so, you know, they're doing a lot to, you know, sort of drive, you know, a promotion and adoption of that vehicle. Um, you know, kind of sidebar story, they also um, launched an ad campaign around that, which is really, really cool. Um, so what they did was is, um, they basically created a VR experience where it's initiated by you pointing your, your camera on your phone to the actual plug socket on the car. And then from there, you're taken into a full on, you know, through the wires, you know, VR experience about the car and the model and, you know, information, videos and all sorts of things about it to kind of drive that. So they're kind of really putting the focus on, you know, that, you know, the plug being you know, the initiator of the, um, you know, of, of the ad campaign around this. So I think it's, it's, it's really smart. It's really exciting up here in Canada as well, just, um, in a similar thing, Tim Hortons, you know, competition to Starbucks up here, lots of locations has just announced that they're, uh, launching, uh, in partnership with a company called turn on green, um, a bunch of, uh, electric, uh, charging stations at some of their locations as well. So I think there's, sort of an emerging trend here. And for me, you know, it kind of brings me back. It's kind of, I think, you know, many years ago, be, just before I started the LBMA, I had a, a company uh, that was in the Wi-Fi space. And um, so we would go, go in and these were in the still in the days of transitioning from where, you know, if you went into a restaurant chain or a Starbucks or something like that, you had to pay for Wi-Fi in those days, like Boingo and things like that. And so we had built this model where you get free Wi-Fi, but it was all sponsored by brands and so on. Um, and it's kind of a similar thing, right? It, it's, you know, hey, you know, we're bringing you a service that you want as a consumer, in this case, you know, vehicle charging, uh, but it's brought to you and sponsored by, you know, Volvo or Starbucks or, or whoever. So I, I think it's, it's really interesting. And I think we're gonna see a lot more of these, these types of partnerships. Yeah. All right. On to our second story. Um, so this one's just uh, an announcement about a, um, a capital raise. Uh, so there's a Dutch startup company called Park B. Uh, that's one word uh, with B-E-E. -E. Um, and so they've raised uh, 30 million euros um, to uh, fund uh, their platform, which is all about uh, finding parking spaces and booking uh, those spots through a mobile app. Uh, platform. The investment round was led by a company called Coolin Industries, which is a, a Netherlands-based clean energy investor. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think it's you know it's kind of an interesting thing. They 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 call themselves Europe's top digital car parking platform, and it's all about um, you know helping consumers find off-street parking options and helping cities and landlords better utilize their urban spaces. So it's about, you know, space optimization and, and making, you know, a, a way for people to find that. Obviously they're not the only platform out there. We've talked about others like this, um, but I think, you know, $33 million to grow this and promote this across Europe is a lot of money. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's um, interesting. We've been seeing some new, um, movement in the parking industry i was just remembering that uh cameron clayton you know who was former ceo over at weather company 
um, just joined the Easy Park Group, which has uh, Park Mobiles, one of their brands. So there's definitely a lot that's like happening in this industry and there's more and more. Um, and I think about this a lot because here, obviously in New York, when I'm driving like to the train station or really anywhere up here, you know, you're paying for parking and there's a lot of different apps and there's the ability for consolidation. And then there's a lot of people who pay for their monthly um, you know, parking spaces, but so many people are working remotely or only going in so many days. So I think the ability to kind of share that pass or, you know, rent those spaces out when they're not in use, there's definitely an economy there. So I think this is like a, uh, it's an interesting take on the parking space, but I think that there's like a lot there that can be done. So I am not, yeah. Um, okay, so let's go to hair care. This is pretty interesting, and I really like this story. Um, Brooklyn-based company called Pros. And if you haven't heard of Pros Beauty, um, it, you know it's a beauty brand focused on hair care, and it leverages data and technology. So there'll be like a digital consultation that happens with the consumer, and the consumer, you know, puts their information in about where they live and lots of other data points. Um, and then it leverages machine learning to create these made to order hair care products. So they're very unique and specific to your hair type, you know, all of the different factors that you put in. So it's teaming up now, Pros is teaming up with a climate technology company that's called Brizometer. And this is collecting data about the local pollution levels that could potentially impact, you know, our hair um, and our scalp and our skin, you know, all those things because it is an extension of our body. So. Brizometer's technology, um, you know, it has like an air quality index. It's using Apple's weather app, um, and then obviously it leans on AI and machine learning to collect and analyze all this data from more than forty-nine thousand different sensors around the world. So now the the online consultation will take into consideration this Brizometer data, you know, like smoke exposure, air pollution, any location environmental factors. So. If you're you know in atlanta or the south right now it's like taking into consideration maybe all the pollen that's in the air um or the humidity and then you know maybe it's like smog and other places and different things like that so it factors in weather workout habits stress levels diet scalp condition all of those different things which means apparently you can have more than 79 trillion possible combinations um, that are available when you're creating these personalized formulas so very personalized um, and then, you know, it has like this feedback loop technology, it's optimizing, improving as they relate to others with similar, you know, results and findings and data. So I love this. I love the tailor and bespoke approach, but also I love that it's so rooted in the data um, and using technology for something that, you know, most people, yes, we think about technology when we think about hair care or makeup or things like that, but not necessarily in this um, aspect. So I love that this is so just tailored specifically to you. Um, and so I really like interested in trying this now. And, uh, but I, I just think that this is such a great wave of things that are happening. And I expect us to see a lot more. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of these uh, vitamin companies like creating these specific blends for you based on your data that you input. And I think we're going to see this continue, you know, this trend continue upward as we encompass more data, more technology, and then how do we um, apply that here? So I love it. Thoughts? Yeah, I, very interesting. I mean, I'm always a fan of anything that's about, you know, aggregating, combining data sets to, you know, get more personalized or more 
um, accurate, you know, around something that can be helpful. I mean, I, you see a lot of this type of thing in, you know, sort of personalized uh, workouts and fitness, um, you know, type of applications. Obviously, I've not seen anything specifically in the hair space, but I, I think it's interesting. You know, I'm, um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not the right target audience necessarily. I just, you know, get my head and shoulders and I'm good to go. But, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, you, you know, I, I think for a lot of people though, and uh, I, would, I would guess a lot of women in particular, um, you know, this, this could be quite useful and, and helpful. You know, the one thing that really made me smile is as I was reading the story about this, um, you know, they, uh, I'll, I'll just go to the quote here uh, from the woman at, um, at, uh, at Pros says, we're thrilled to be a partner with Breezometer to utilize their extensive data on geo-aggressors. Um, never heard that term before, geo-aggressors, but I like it. I think it's really cool. And I think it's uh, a great way to kind of think about, you know, how, how does climate and environment and, you know, things around us impact, um, you know, us, uh, our bodies and, you know, and, and what we need to do to take better care of ourselves. Um, so I think this is, is really interesting use of location data. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and you said these guys are based in Brooklyn, so, you know, you're there, maybe you got to, uh, you know, get in with this and try it out. I know. <laughs> All righty. On to our, uh, our final story. Um, so there's a digital signage company, uh, called crown TV and they have released a new app that will allow retailers and businesses to display NFTs on digital displays in their retail spaces. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And so the way the app works, it's integrated with Crown TV's digital signage solution um, and gives access to any NFTs that are available on something called the OpenSea uh, NFT marketplace. So basically you've got signage in your stores um, and then, you know, you can acquire, you know, NFTs from this marketplace that you can then display what be it artwork or what have you. Um, and um, yeah, so it could be photography, it could be videos, it could be music, it, you know, whatever sort of format the NFT is in um, that you're getting from this marketplace and then a, a way to sort of access it through this mobile app, you know, buy it, you know, license it, display it, push it to the screen all of that sort of integrated and tied together. Um, uh, you can also display price information, uh, descriptions, you can put QR codes uh, in there through the system as well. Um, and so that basically if, if you're sort of promoting the NFT and you want to sell, you know, sort of copies of that or whatever, um, you can do that uh, as well through this um, content management system essentially, which is built into the, into the app platform. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of interesting. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the NFT space right now, but finding a way to sort of bridge the gap between what's happening in sort of the meta world and bringing that you know sort of into the physical space environment into retail spaces, I think is really cool. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think everybody's trying to have like us play in the NFT space right now. It's new. It's a buzzword. You know, what is the longevity for this? You know, it doesn't work across every single industry and every single, um, you know, consumer experience or product. I'm not sure. You know, I do think that when it comes to like an art gallery or, you know, being able to purchase something, it makes a lot of sense there. 
Um, but I think we're just scratching the surface and we're just, we're going to see a ton of companies try to get into the NFT space in some way, shape or form. And then probably over the next several years, we're going to see that filter out and see like what sticks, what actually is adopted. How do we adopt it as consumers? You know, how are we seeing this uh, like longevity in terms of the, the revenue that, that NFTs can provide? Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not like super excited about it. I think it's, you know, interesting. Samsung obviously announced uh, this year at CES that they will be having NFT enablement on their televisions. So, you know, everybody's trying to get a, a piece of the pie here. And, you know, this is just another another play for from my perspective. So nothing groundbreaking or super exciting yet, but definitely an industry we want to keep an eye on. I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot throughout the rest of the year. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I, I'm with you. I think like we're early days, right? Like everybody's trying to figure out, you know, what is their strategy uh, around NFTs and the metaverse and and all of that. And do they need one? Do they, you know, um, or not? Uh, it's still a question for a lot of you know brands that I talk to um, and agencies that I've been you know interfacing with lately. Um, so we'll see. But but definitely, I think you're right. I mean, th we're going to be talking about NFTs all year long. <laughs> into next year too and on so it's um it's definitely a part of the you know the what's happening right now and we need to kind of stay on top of it so yeah cool. so that's it that's our show for this week four stories in there um you've been listening and watching episode number uh 563 of location weekly uh we thank you so much for your time um and uh please reach out if you have story ideas or feedback yeah, we'd love to hear about it um We'll see you next week with another show. Bye, everyone. Bye.